Hey, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the JKWD podcast. Hope you are having an awesome day. It is it is already weeding into February. It's going to be Valentine's Day in between this episode and the next episode. Oh, wow. It, it's already there. Hey, I think next week we were talking about, uh, you know, getting started back up for your goals because, you know, Valentine's Day is right about, you know, if, if you make it past January, then, you know, the, the next, the next fall off date is Valentine's Day. So yeah, that that's usually when we saw the, the gym, uh, empty out after, after new year's resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> so in, n- next week we got that coming up, but we got a great, Great show for you today with Dan Fielding, who is author of The Asset Mindset. And uh, we we went all over the place. I, yes, we got, did. Got places that nobody was was thinking about going today. <laughs> but first, Kelvin, how, how you doing? I'm doing very well, sir. Uh, life is good. <clears throat> we actually have sunshine and blue skies today. Right here in sunny Syracuse, and it's nice because over the last previous three days, we probably got, I don't know, foot, foot and a half of snow. Sorry. Don't get me wrong. I'm okay with that. And 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 to make it even better, um, my next door neighbor decided to take care of my driveway for me like two days in a row. And I'm like, well, heck. How you beat a deal like that? And you know, I knew about that. You know how I knew? Every morning I get up and I read Vitamin K Daily. You can too by going to vitaminkdaily.com, getting yourself four weeks free. After that, just $24.95 a year. And if you, for whatever reason, it's not for you, you just cancel before that four weeks is up. But I think it's going to be for you. So as, as vitaminkdaily.com, philosophical supplements for your attitude health, wake up to a daily dose of positive from the Prince of Positive himself, Kevin P. Ringgold Sr. You yes, got you smiling indeed. over there. You like the way I... I, I yeah, it was good. Getting creative. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... All right. So you talk about uh, our guest today, or are you just going to surprise? Yeah. Me? Well, uh, Dan Fielding is a former Green Beret and Special Forces. Uh, that 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 makes him a military guy, he, not uh, not anything I was particularly familiar with. But you know, Kelvin, Kelvin's a twenty-year Air Force veteran, so uh, yeah. he had he had some some inkling of what we're in for. We're uh, very intense, very serious conversation. Uh, we got right into it. You, know, you have to understand that you know, most of our guests, I'd say you know, 90% of them, we, you know, we get on and we kind of, you know, there's five minutes, 10 minutes of small talk. Some of it, which makes it onto the, onto the podcast. A lot of it doesn't, uh, there's none of that. <laughs> no, there was just, none of that. <laughs> There wasn't a, how are things where you are? Where are you? There was none of that. It was, Hey, nice to meet you. Hey, let's go. <laughs> and that was Josh. Um, that wasn't a green beret. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I think I picked up on cues that it was, you know, here we go. Uh, was there was, there, there, there wasn't any, <clears throat> normally okay. I have to wrangle it down into let's start. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. this kind of was kind of like, Okay, well, nobody's talking. Let's start. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was a good interview. It was, it, it was a great discussion. Uh, Dan decided to write a book after after people were talking to him, and well, you'll hear the story. But you know, he he had no intention of writing a book, and and he did anyway. Uh, he felt that it was time, and and the world needed it, and. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. So I'm going to shut up now and uh, we're going to play some music. And on the other side of that, you'll hear our conversation with Dan Fielding. See you later.
podcast where we talk about better humanhood and teach you how to dominate your world. You ready? Here we go. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, Great to be here. It, typically, we like to start these things by saying, hey, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience rather than me reading your bio? Um, and that way you can uh, let us know who you are, what your mission is, and why that's your mission. Okay. Well, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are, depending on the time of day. Uh, my name is Daniel Fielding, um, a former Special Forces Green Beret. Um, I wrote a book now. I'm an author of The Asset Mindset. Uh, the reason why I wrote the book, it's to um, help liberate people's minds so that they can achieve success and fulfill their goals. I want more positivity in the world. I feel, um, you know, in the special forces, we have, uh, it's called De Oppressor Libere, which is to free from oppression. That's kind of our motto. So I've kind of transitioned that and tried to move it into the civilian world a little bit. Whereas I'm trying to help people liberate themselves from their own oppression. Because ultimately, our own minds hold us back more than pretty much anything else in the world. Because, I mean, you can lose your legs, but you can still learn how to run. You know, you can go through therapy. You can do things. So, like, our mind is the most powerful thing. And um, so that's where the asset mindset came from. And as far as why I'm doing it, I just want to help make the world a better place you know, and have a more positive world, uh, more love in it that we look out for each other and we believe in ourselves. And so we can create positive change. Cool. And so, so I want to start with positivity because Kelvin over there has a, has a brand called intensely positive. Uh, and so it, that, that melds, uh, very, very well. Talk to me about positivity, and then, and then after that, I'm going to ask you to talk about uh, what success looks like, since you you mentioned that. Okay. Well, positivity um, is like people have heard of. You know, every cloud has its silver lining, or the yin and the yang. Uh, in my book, I talk about it being a page master uh, as an analogy I use. As far as you know, you can have an event happen to you in life, and you can look at a the page that's bad, the bad side of it, and read that over and over again in your mind, like, oh, you know, I was in a car accident, my car is broken, now I gotta get it repaired. Oh, it's so horrible. But you could also look at the other page where like, wow, I walked away from a car accident. I'm still alive. I'm gonna get to go home and have dinner with my family, or I'm gonna see my loved ones again. So it's like, how do you wanna look at it? So what page of life do you wanna read in that moment of time? and being present in the now. So the asset mindset is realizing, you know, we're the greatest asset to be able to control that positivity. So we can shape our thinking, our mindset to help create more of reading positive pages in your life. Awesome, I like that. Thank you. Good. And uh, Josh, what was your other one? Um, you mentioned, uh, having people have more success. Um, what, what does that success look like for you and what would you deem more success in people's lives? Well, success is a very personal thing. It depends like what your own goals are. I mean, some people may view themselves successful just to, you know, own a house and have a happy family. Some people want a career. Some people want to have, I don't know, whatever monetary level of um, money in their bank account for them to define success. So I think success for me comes down to like what makes someone happy. Because to me, the ultimate goal is being positive and having happiness within yourself. So to be able to create that success starts with your mindset. Like one thing is we need to know what makes you happy. You know, does going for a walk make you happy? Spending time with family, does reading a good book, does watching a movie, does you know, working on a project, uh, giving back, going and volunteering somewhere. Um, I know myself, I like volunteering with, you know, fellow veterans. Um, I volunteered with Boy Scouts with my son, you know, so like those things can be very rewarding and be successful. So it's very much a personal journey. And part of, you know, what I try and help people learn is how to figure out, all right, what is my happiness or what brings me happiness? 
how can I build my mindset so that I can be more positive and create that success that I want in life? And a lot of people have that difficulty in trying to figure out like, well, I know I want to be happy, but how do I do it? How? So that's part of one of the things I'm trying to help teach and mentor and advise people like I've been advised and mentored in my life. And there's been, I kind of refer to them sometimes as golden nuggets and other people do too. So like to achieve success in life, you're going to get given these nuggets by different people that come across your path and you can take them and save them, or you can kind of not pay attention to them and let them slip through your fingers. So to achieve success, you want to gather as many of those nuggets and things in your life that you can use and use them as a tool to achieve what you want to achieve. So it's very personal success, but I think with the right mindset and positivity, everybody can absolutely achieve success. Now, without giving away um, your you know, a coaching package or a, you know, <laughs> without giving away your 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 secrets, how, what's the very first step for someone? How do you get them? How do you get somebody on the path to understanding their own happiness? Ah, that's that's a great question. So the first thing in one of my, I have a whole chapter about how to begin. So in how to begin is you need to actually do a lot of inner reflection. You know, I talk about, you need to meditate. You need to pray on it. You need to remove yourself from certain environments where you're comfortable, you're calm, you're relaxed. Um, You journal, you know, journaling is very important for finding, you know, Hey, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? Because even myself, as I got into writing, the more you start putting stuff down on paper or you have that self-reflection, you'll be surprised what comes up. Like you'll, you'll start on one topic and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's kind of like having a conversation with a good friend. You don't go into a conversation like, oh, we're going to talk about this. Then the next we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to go on to this third point. No, it just happens naturally. Mm-hmm. So if you can get yourself where you have that space for yourself, to be able to be alone, to focus on your goals, your dreams, or what you want. That's kind of how you begin to find out, okay, what does make me happy? What do I enjoy? What makes me feel good inside? Yeah, so we've got a lot. I mean, you were uh, Special Forces, so you're out out now. Is that correct? Yes, yes. I am no longer active duty. I'm still involved a little bit with um, the Department of Defense and training um, special operations units. Oh, you're you're a good guy to have as a friend, eh? Uh, maybe I don't know. My <laughs> <think> so. <laughs> but there you go. But with all your your uh, special forces, because um, I'm I mean, I mean I've known a lot of uh, you know special forces people, or you know some of the stereotypes of special forces people, yeah. and this is kind of an interesting background to be coming up with a positivity book. So how has your time? in special forces, I mean, were you doing this before you went into special forces? Did this develop while you were in special forces? How did that, uh, how did that come about? Uh, another great question. So for me, it started before special forces, but I will say special forces, like say, you know, I had this philosophy and mindset that was growing within me, mm-hmm. but special forces and being on an A-team or a Green Beret was the fertilizer, like putting miracle Grow on it. Cause I realized that, you know, in the, the regular world and civilian world, when I was going about my day-to-day life, I would see glimpses of it. When I was in, you know, the Army Special Forces on a Green Beret team, A team, I was surrounded by that. That mindset was everywhere. And it was like, we're, oh, yeah, it's amazing. Um, the sacrifices people are willing to make for each other. I actually talk about that in my book, too, as far as, like, A lot of people don't realize, like, they think, oh, special forces, big, bad, you know, badass guy, just want to blow stuff, shoot things up. And it's like what truly makes a special forces warrior so great, in my my mind, in my opinion, and from what I've seen firsthand, is love, love for each other, love for that guy next to you, love for the unit. Like, you are going to go so much further and so much farther than you ever thought you could because you're motivated because like, I do not want to let my brother down. You know, that I've talked to so many guys and including myself, my greatest fear was not dying. Mm-hmm. My greatest fear was letting one of my brothers down. And if I didn't pull security and they got killed because I didn't do my job or I wasn't effective in my job. So like your concern 
is like that love for others and protecting others and that. So as far as going back to circling back a little bit, the Green Berets that I was around only enhanced the asset mindset and helped me realize it and develop it more. And uh, so that's why I kind of deem it a special forces perspective for achieving success. Mm-hmm. Because I noticed everybody that was successful in special forces had the asset mindset. Now, I've also noticed people outside of special forces have the asset mindset as well, other successful people. So that's one of the things I also talk about is like, you don't have to be in special forces to have the asset mindset. But if you're going to be in special forces, you got to have the asset mindset. <laughs> well, it's an interesting title. The asset mindset, and I was just trying to go through my head on what are we, um, you know, what are we really talking about here? So uh, I haven't read it yet. I plan to. Um, so when you start talking about the assets, let's talk about what those assets are. Okay. Um, the assets. The extent that you know that you know. Again, we want people to buy the book. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. No, I, I mean, honestly, in an hour here, I can't give you everything that's in the book, you know, and it's so funny that it's, it's not funny. It's so interesting that everybody that I've talked to and reviews and that I've got, there's similar themes, but people mm-hmm. identify with different things. Mm-hmm. People have different obstacles in their life. People relate to, oh, this chapter really hit home to me. Or, oh, I remember when I was a kid and I went through this. Or, oh, I remember being mentored. Or, you know, oh, when I achieved this medal or I won first place in this whatever. So, like, it is very unique to everybody. So, the reader, it's it's very open for their own interpretation, I guess, Mm -hmm. is where I'm going. But going back to the asset mindset and the title. So, it's it's so much involved. And this is why I picked that title because your mindset encompasses so much in life. And same thing with assets. Like you can be an asset, you know, having the right tool to do a job, that's an asset. So like an asset is something that helps remove negativity or overcome something in life. It's, it's a positive thing. So to have an asset, it's a positive. So you want to have positive mindsets, positive things, positive people. Like I talk about asset mindset teammates, as well. So these teammates can be lifelong teammates. These teammates could be uh, short term, you know, like if you wanted to learn how to play the guitar. So that person is an asset, you know, you get a, a good teacher, you spend time with them, you may spend the year, two years, three years, but then they're out of your life. But they were there for a reason and a purpose. They were an asset for whatever goal you were trying to achieve. So the asset in the title is multiple things, has several meanings. And, you know, when you read the book, you'll see like, oh, it ties into this. It ties into that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's an all-encompassing uh, philosophy kind of in life, the asset mindset. Cool. Is there a particular mindset that you think would benefit most from your book? I think the biggest thing that I want people to walk away with or benefit the most is realizing They are their greatest asset. You control your life more than anybody else does. Things can happen to you. You can be a victim of a car accident. You can be a victim of a theft or robbery. Um, You know, things happen to everybody. Nobody's life is smooth sailing all the time. You know, it's like the weather isn't always sunny and shiny. It's rainy days. There's hurricanes. There's blizzards. There's whatever. There's storms. It's how you prepare for them. It's how you interact with them. Like if you know a storm's coming or something could be happening, if you're prepared and have the right mindset, you know, I said a blizzard, we'll use that as an example. If you have firewood or you have a backup generator or you have things that are prepared, you had that mindset to get things right. You know what, when that bad thing happens, it won't be so bad because you had the mindset to prep, be prepared, be positive. Like, okay, how am I gonna deal with this? So the biggest thing I want people to have is to understand that they are their greatest asset in life. You and Josh, you guys, like you control your destiny more than anybody else. Who gets you up to do this show? You know, this necessarily wasn't just handed to you. You guys made this happen. You know, so we are our greatest assets. That's the biggest thing I want people to understand and walk away with is that nobody can do more for your life than you. 
you know, there's the old saying, you can lean a horse to water, you can't make them drink. You know, like you can be given the keys to something, but if you don't actually do it and own it, it's, it's not going to happen. You know, so people need to understand and have that mindset. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I want to pull this back to something else you said when you were introducing your mission and that, and that's that you want more love in this world. Where did you come by that? And what is, what is more love in the world look like to you? Another good question. So love is, it's a positive thing. I mean, who doesn't like being loved, loved by a spouse, love from a pet, love, you know, like love to me is positivity, you know? So are you going to be a positive influence in someone? So are you loving them? Are you going to give them love? So there's, you know, there's friendship, love, there's intimate love, there's all different types. But to me, love is that, that energy of positivity and giving and helping others, providing for others, supporting people, you know, having that positive influence and feedback that you get from each other. Like there's love. I mean, we could define love many different ways and people have been trying for a long time, you know, well before we came along on the earth. But to me, love is giving, it is helping, it is being positive and making a difference for good things, you know, and good change in other people's lives. Cool. Where did you come by? Um, where did you come by being this person? You said, you said this predates special forces. So um, is this something you grew up with? Uh, is this a, a point of view that you picked up from teachers, from parents, from, others along the way is this just kind of always been who you are um it's definitely something that's kind of been inside me but Mm -hmm. it was developed and shaped a lot by my father in the beginning he was my first mentor my hero Um, i talk about him in my book quite a bit how he helped me be the man i am today you know he shaped me to be able to go into special forces you know, I already had a mindset that when I went there, I was able to thrive. So it did happen um, from my dad and the hard worker, his work ethic, you know, go for what you want, believe in yourself. Nobody can tell you no, but you, you know, when you give up, then actually it's now you're done and you've lost or you failed. If you never give up, you can't fail. You may not achieve it, but you didn't fail, you know, that type deal. And then I also have um, some background with uh, martial arts and um, like there's the dragon warrior code I talk about in my book and it talks about I am what I am because I choose to be I'm a dragon by choice and I'm subject to its loss my family instructors and my classmates are my heart and my mind even though we may disagree with each other we still strive to be one forgetting all categories and letting energy which wishes to exist exist and as a dragon I must go forth to seek the Tao and the void understanding myself and finding peace within so that shaped me immensely. I mean, you see, I recite it. I define that, chew it up, spit it back out in my book um, because there's so many, th- I mean, we could talk about that whole thing, each line for mm. hours. Um, so that's something that helped shape that mindset in me. And, uh, you know, it's even tattooed on my body. You know, it became that important to me. And, you know, it, it it's shaped me, my dad shaped me, the military shaped me, and all these things have just helped my spirit within come out. And now I'm trying to share it with others so they can have the same type of, uh, you know, success and peace within, you know, when you go to bed or when you wake up, you you feel good about your life and you really don't have regrets. Tell us about your, um, specifically meditation and journaling are, are practices we talk about with a lot of guests. Uh, tell us about your, your practices there. Okay. My practices, um, I get mostly involved in meditating and journaling when I feel there's an obstacle or there's something I want to overcome. Um, I say I do more meditating than journaling. Um, I find journaling helpful when I, you know, have a bigger obstacle or decision to make, I make lists. Um, you know, my wife and I got whiteboards. I, uh, do a lot of, you know, note taking and organizing. Sometimes I'll use the notes app in my phone. Um, so I think capturing things 
are very important. So then I can reflect on them more and do the, the meditative type of, um, you know, I already used the word reflection, but I'm going to use it again, you know, to reflect on those thoughts. And those are very helpful. Now, I also find it interesting that I do different levels of meditation. Like sometimes if I'm stressed or I'm frustrated, I'll kind of go into like almost a deeper meditation or I'll take some time to myself and I'll really, you know, have that alone time and try and get grounded or centered or whatever you want to call it. So that that way it becomes easier to deal with whatever I need to deal with. So I don't have like, I'm not one of those people like every day at this exact time, I'm going to meditate for 15 minutes. You know, some days I may meditate longer. Sometimes I might meditate in the afternoon. I mean, I feel like my inner guidance, I kind of use that. It's like, hey, when you're thirsty, you go grab a drink, right? So that's kind of how I look at meditation and journaling. You know, when I have that thirst for meditation, then I'll do it or prayer, I'll, then I'll do it. If I have that thirst to journal, then I'll journal. I guess a lot of people have a different uh, view of what meditation is. Some hear about it, poo-poo it is, you know, something fluffy. But when a Green Beret is talking to you about meditating, you're not thinking about a fluffy own thing. So tell us about um, the quality of your meditation and what, what are the levels for you, um, you know, and, and, and how do you, how do you, how do you get there? If that's a, if that's even a, sensible question to ask no it's a it's a sensible question definitely and it's something that you know people want to understand because like you said it means so many different things to so many different people um i think for me it's it's definitely started with the martial arts and that dragon warrior code we would recite that code and then we would meditate on it and so that's a habit that i developed in my teenage years that i've carried through my special forces training and being in the military, being, you know, downrange in Afghanistan or things, if things got bad or, you know, we get back to my bunk or wherever, then I would do that. I'd get grounded and centered. And, you know, in there, there was a line letting energy, which wishes to exist, exist. You've got to let go of things. You can't control everything. Nobody does, but you can control certain things. You can control how you feel about stuff a little bit or your influences. So as far as levels of meditation, to go back to your question, mm -hmm. I would say there's probably three layers or three levels that I kind of practice. There's one like a kind of walking meditation. So like maybe I'm walking around or I'm thinking and I'll let my mind go, okay, I'm going to clear my head a little bit as I'm doing this in the yard or, you know, maybe I'm driving and I'll turn the radio off and I'll kind of just do that. So that's kind of like a, a shallow meditation. Then there'll be like a medium level where, you know, maybe I wake up and I'm, you know, just kind of starting my day or maybe I'm tired and I'm going to lay in, you know, the chair or in the couch and kind of spend a few minutes. And then there's the deep one. The deep one for me is when I feel the most stressed. So when there's something that really bothers me, upsets me, even if I'm feeling ill. There was a time I remember I had food poisoning and I went into this super deep meditation to get through it. You know, I was just letting go and I was in my mind so deeply that it was almost like I wasn't disconnected from my body, but I wasn't holding on to the illness and the sickness as strongly. Like if I just thought like, oh, my stomach hurts and the cramping and all this and that, so I took my mind somewhere else. So I focused my mindset and my thoughts. So that's the, the real deep one is when you get so far into your mind that you almost disconnect. I mean, some people say you can disconnect. I don't know. I've never fully disconnected from my body, so I don't know. However, I have been able to get to the point where I'm not completely connected where I'm so focused and all I feel is the pain from my body. I don't know if that's um, making sense. You know, people say that when, they're, you know, they have an injury or things happen, they can kind of, you know, take their mind somewhere else and you don't feel it so bad. And I would liken this to like, if you've ever had a headache or been sick and maybe you get a phone call or you watch TV and your mind gets distracted and you're not thinking about that upset stomach or whatever. And you're like, oh, wow, I forgot I was sick. 
So it's similar to that, you know, disconnecting a little bit in focus. So I hope I answered your question there. I know I yeah, you did you did well. Does does nature ever play a part in your meditation? Yes, absolutely. I love nature. I, you can see behind me, I know the listeners can't see, but there's a scene with a majestic bald eagle overlooking the mountains. Um, I live in the mountains, you know, I have 60 acres with lots of land. I go hiking with my family and I, I love being connected because to me, that's, it's our natural way and being, you know, the, this modern world and computers and all the different things like mankind, that it's not who and what we have been for thousands of years. You know, this is all new stuff. So if you want to get centered, I think getting in touch with nature is great. Um, I love it. I enjoy nature. I like camping. I like hiking. You know, I have a garden, you know, like it's funny, you know, I've had a garden since college. And, you know, like when I was in college, I'd have fraternity brothers or other people come over and, you know, like I'd have lettuce growing, I'd have tomatoes and they'd be like, are you serious? I'm like, yep, that's, <laughs> you know, I just connect with that. I like it's, it's rewarding. You're seeing life energy and things growing and, mm-hmm. you know, like you nurture it, water it. Next thing you know, you, you know, you, you got this right juicy tomato and they're so much better when you grow them than if you buy them in the store (laughs) (laughs) anybody who's grown knows that like if you pick a cherry tomato right off the vine and put it in your mouth it's almost like candy it's so sweet (laughs) (laughs) you got it i like that cool go ahead josh you got that look on your face Uh, um i was actually looking at, at you but um What are some of your greatest assets? Oh, great question. My greatest assets. Ah, so I think is number one is understanding that I influence my life more than anybody else. So I control it. I can take myself where I want to be. And I think that's, that's number one. Uh, Number two is definitely the love I've been surrounded with and people that have blessed me in my life. Um, from like, you know, parents, family members, my wife, my children, you know, humble me. I mean, yeah, I do a lot for them, but you know, when you're a parent, your children give you a lot too, a lot of understanding, a lot of patience. Sometimes they wear on the patience, but, uh, (laughs) so (laughs) that's, that's a whole nother topic there, right? Parenting. But so as far as assets, I think uh, my health is a great asset. I work hard on that. Like I take vitamins all the time. I try and, you know, I don't drink soda. I don't, you know, people are like, oh, you want some M&Ms? I don't eat that type of stuff. You know, I mean, teach their own. If that makes you happy and you have joy from it, by all means, do it. I'm not saying don't do it. But I think, you know, we are what we eat. So to me, that's a great asset. My wife's the same way. You know, we eat as much organic stuff as we can. Um, you know, we raise our own chickens. So we have farm raised free range chickens that we eat and we have eggs. So, um, I think that's a great asset, um, the support network that I've been blessed to serve with. Like I'm humbled all the time. Um, and if people read my book, they'll, they'll see like the guys I've served with amazing. Like I have a friend that was, you know, shot in the face It came out the side by his chin, went back into his shoulder and came back out. Within like 30 seconds, less than a minute, he had given himself self-aid and was back up in the turret on the gun, returning fire to protect everybody else on the team. Like incredible people. Um, Another guy got shot in the neck. I I wasn't there for this. I'm not saying like I've watched this, but um, my friend Rami, who I served with in my group, and we went to some training schools together and stuff, but he got shot in the neck, paralyzed. He's in a wheelchair, can't do it. I mean, this guy could have given up. He's now in Tampa, Florida with the Stay in Step organization. He runs and is a director of an organization that helps people with spinal cord injury from accidents, fellow soldiers to regain the ability to walk and do stuff. I mean, he was medically retired 100% from the military. He could have just sat back and done nothing, but he is still giving, paying forward, spreading love, doing positive things in the world. So that's been one of the greatest assets that I've had is being surrounded by people like that. And I talk about that in my book, you know, your, your asset mindset teammates or your peers and your environment you're around, they will help make you better. So like having people like that, like I have no excuse, you know, I can still walk, I can use my hands like, and 
you know, these other people that have been severely injured or lost their legs or limbs or whatever, and they're still doing positive things, you know, like I have no excuse. I need to get up there. So it motivates me. So I look at my brothers and sisters in the military that have overcome stuff or just people in the world. It's like, man, they can do it. I can do it. And that goes back to believing in yourself and taking ownership. So I think that sums up, you know, the assets that I find very helpful for me in my life. People are reluctant to take responsibility for their lives. <laughs> yes, it's always easier to play the victim and be like, oh, I can't because of this. Then the story's over, you know, and it, you don't have to work like, oh, I can't do that because I, I don't know how, you know. So then you're done. Effort and things take time and you need to put your focus into it. So. Being a victim is the easy way out, but you're not going to achieve what you want. If you want that dream house or you want that fast car or you want, you know, that happy home or whatever, guess what? You need to work for it. You know, you need to go after it. Nobody's going to show up. Like if you want to be a movie star, say you live in a small town, I'd love to be, you know, a movie star or a singer or a rock star, or, you know, be a musician. Guess what? Nobody's going to show up at your house, knock on your door and say, hey, you want to be a musician or an actor? You need to go where the action is. You need to take control. You need to go out and be like, hey, I need to go find out where people are singing. I need to take singing lessons. I need to do this or do that and go get it. Where would you suggest somebody start if that was the first time they understood what it meant to take ownership and stop playing a victim? Okay, the first thing I like people to do is most people that are victims tend to say, I can't, mm -hmm. all right? That's something like, oh, I can't do that because, you know, I had a bad car. So oh, I can't do that. I grew up in a broken home or, oh, I can't do that. I didn't go to college. I can't do that because, no. First thing you need to do is get rid of the I can'ts. It's how do I? So replace I can't with how do I? And right now we are so blessed in the time that we live as human beings. You can pretty much learn anything at the click of a button. Like, how do I change a tire? You know what? If I went on YouTube right now and typed it in or I Googled on my phone how to change a tire, it would tell me what to do. You know, if you want to do this or you want to do that, how do I become a lawyer? Guess what? Search it up. How do I become a singer? OK, look it up. You know, so we have all the tools there. And I'm hoping through my book and others that are kind of in this movement now, like yourselves, taking the time to help people gather knowledge so that they can have the how do I mentality instead of the I can't. Oh, I'm a victim or this happened to me or that happened to me. You know, um, there was an amazing inspirational video I saw one time that was shared with me, a violinist. Um, I think, I don't know where she was from. I don't know if she was from Europe or somewhere, but um, she lost her arm in a car accident. A violinist. How do you play violin with one arm? You got to hold the violin. You know what? She did it. She does it. I mean, you can search it up. One arm violinist. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, she didn't go, oh, I can't do it now. She figured out, how do I? She talked to people. People helped her, built a special prosthetics, you know, had a special rod made. If that's, I think it's a rod, right, that you put on the violin? Probably off her, ne off her neck onto the, yeah. <laughs> the bow. Yes, the yeah, bow. bow, yeah. So, like. You know, you can do it. So for all your listeners out there, get rid of the I can't and get the how do I and start being positive. You know, like <laughs> you can't. It's going to be yeah. tough sometimes, but you still can do it. Yeah, I heard a book recently that I hadn't heard. Um, uh, Marie Forleo, I guess. Uh, I just put out a book. Everything's figure outable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything is figure outable. So that's uh that's huge because it's it's so easy to give up it is so easy to give up for for a lot of people so how do you i presume you're doing personal coaching uh yes i do some coaching yeah right yeah people could so how do you help someone get that mindset besides, you know, you're talking to them, obviously, but, you know, everything is figure outable. How do you get somebody out of the I can't mindset 
into everything is figure outable or, or, or less, let's go ahead and view your assets. Okay. So one of the things I like to do goes back to writing mm-hmm. um, in the beginning. So like, Oh, I want to say, all right, what are your dreams? So write down your dreams. And they're like, well, why haven't you reached them? Or why do you think you can't? And mm-hmm. then, okay, well, how would you, you know, those obstacles that you have, how would you fix them? You know, if your car is broken, uh, you know, I can't get to work. Well, how do you fix your car? You know, so uh, through writing and journaling. So what obstacles, what are they facing? What do they feel um, that they need to work on or that's their problems? And then from taking, identifying the problems, then you can figure out how to fix it. Like they say, number one is realizing you have a problem is the first step to fixing it. So if you're in denial or you don't think you have any problems, well, then you're not going to be able to fix much. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I do. And that's a, a very much an assessment and individual for every person because we're all on our own journey. That's something that I love to tell people. It doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you're going. It doesn't matter where you are right now. It's what direction are you moving? You know, because guess what? Today's going to go by and it's going to be a day in the past, just like all your other days. So where are you going? That's something my dad always taught me was every day you need to take a step forward. And if you do that throughout your life, you won't believe how far you've traveled, you know, so. And that can be a, a big or small start, right? So, you know, I'll relate a, a personal story. I grew up in a house where you know, my dad always joked, <clears throat> if you hand him a screwdriver, he drinks it. Uh, so you can imagine which one of us was handy. Uh, a couple a couple of weeks ago, I, I turned on the shower, and the the knob just started spinning. Uh, water was coming out, and I couldn't do anything about it. Um, so of course, my first instinct was to call a plumber. I said, "Well, we can get out tomorrow about one." I'm like, okay, well, I can't really let this run for a day and a half. Um, like, okay, well, make that appointment, and I'll call you back if I can cancel it. And, um, like, like you said, you know, five minutes with YouTube, I had the thing shut off. I brought the the thing over to the hardware store down the street and for 14 bucks, I was able to replace the part and it, and, you know, it took an hour, um, <laughs> it took an hour of my time. It took me, it took me long enough that I didn't get my shower in the morning cause I had to do stuff, but, um, it beats, you know, putting out $400 to the plumber tomorrow, um, and letting it run, you know, you know, running up the water bill by, by $75, letting it run overnight. Yeah. Uh, it just, it, even those small things, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be losing an arm. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely not. It, doesn't have <laughs> it, it can, to it can be, it can be a very little thing to start. No, uh, you are 100% correct. And I think that's where you can make the most changes. And what you just talked to us and shared with us is a great example of having that mindset of like, guess what? You own the problem. At first you defaulted to your norm, like, oh, plumbing's broken. I'm going to call a plumber. But you know what? Who's your greatest asset? Who was able to fix it the best for you and the fastest? You know, you took some time, you figure out how do I, instead of, I can't, I got to call a plumber and get someone else. No, you owned it. You fixed it. And this reminds me so much of, I have um, the editor of my book that she actually sent me a message after you know we're done and doing stuff, she has a barn. And there was a storm where the door, it was an older barn, so the wood was rotten a little bit where the hinges went in and the screws. Mm-hmm. And the barn door blew off and ripped off. And she's like, what, what do I do now? I got to call a carpenter? And she's like, wait, no. Instead of, I can't fix this, I got to get, how do I fix it? She goes, I sat down for about three to five minutes looking at that door and going, all right, how do I? How do I? And then she goes, wait a minute, it's a rectangle. The door's a rectangle. It's a wooden barn door. If I flip it over and make the top the bottom, the bottom the top, now the side where the hinges are is not all rotted wood with old screw holes. That's all fresh wood. I'll just screw it. She flipped the door over. She said, I just used the asset mindset. I all by myself. I didn't have to call it. She was like, so excited. It was great. I was like, Alice, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. You know? So like those little things that you were talking about there, absolutely. And that's where you're going to start to see the effects of having that mindset where you own it. And those little things add up and add up. And then that becomes your norm. Instead of reaching to someone else for all the answers, you know, hey, I can go within and I can create 
the solutions or solve these problems myself, maybe with a little bit of help, maybe a little research, but I can own it and I can fix it. Right. Yeah, that 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 barn door thing might have might have tricked me up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was super proud of her. I was like, "That's wonderful news," you know. She goes, "It was good. It was good." So, what wow. made you decide to write a book? Ah, great question. Because I had no plans of being an author. It's one of those things, uh, inner guidance. And then you know, I always talk about listening to people, and you should mm-hmm. be a listener. Um, a lot of people, you know, I kind of coach people in life. Like we talked about, well, I've done it for family and friends and they're like, man, you should like write a book or, you know, people know my background with special forces. They're like, oh, you should write a book about being special forces. And I didn't want to write a special forces book about just going to war. I mean, there's some more stories in my book, but that's not the focus of my book at all. Um, it's just one aspect of the book. So like, I took the asset mindset and used it to help be a positive thing and a philosophy for people to take. So I didn't want just to be war stories and stuff like that. And then, you know, certain things you share, now you're going to get cleared with the government. Like, oh, I was on this mission or did this or that. So I didn't want that stuff. And I, I wanted it to be a book that would help as many people as possible. So then I started doing the meditation, reflecting, journaling, writing stuff down, I mean, like, all right, where do I want this to go? And listen to my gut and my inner guidance and was like, okay, I can probably help, you know, people the most by sharing things that I've learned in my own life, lessons I've observed, um, things that I've observed people do to overcome incredible obstacles that, you know, you wouldn't think was possible. I mean, I watched a guy run two miles on a PT test, a physical therapy test. Yeah, I'm in a physical fitness test, not PT, physical therapy. Sorry about that. Um, to like be in special forces with two broken feet. He ran it in like 12 minutes, 32 seconds with two broken feet because he had his mindset like, I am doing this. Yeah, I've never. So those type of things like overcoming stuff, those things, I was like, man, how do I help other people be able to do these miraculous things to achieve something that they want or a goal? Like his goal was to be a Green Beret so much that he overcame running with broken feet to make it happen. Then they let him heal and do whatever, but he made it happen. You can read more about it in my book. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so that's what I guess started me with the, I'm going to write because there was a lot to share. And I think the time in the world that the way it is right now with, you know, a lot of people feeling down and out and limited, Oh, I can't do this. I can't go out. So I was like, you know what? Timing seems right, guys. I'm going to listen and I'm going to put it out there. And it's been incredible. I mean, I'm shocked that I've got pretty much almost everybody who's reviewed my book has given it five stars. You know, I'm like, if I look on Amazon, and I see all those stars lit up. I'm like, wow. You know, and I've never formally went to writing school. Now I did study on how to be a writer, you know, before I started writing, but I'm still shocked and it's, it's an amazing thing. And, you know, life will reward you when you, you take risks or you put yourself out there and you're doing the right thing. You know, you will be blessed. How did you come up with your message specifically stripped down to the asset mindset? Uh, That's the, that that's one of the hardest parts of, of starting a book, starting a major project like that is to find really what is the focus and, and, you know, I hate calling it a punchline, but that's what it is, right? It's a, it, it, we think of, we think of punchlines as the end of jokes, but it's, it's really the line that punches you in the jaw, right? Is, yeah. is the thing. Uh, and that uh-huh. usually has to come first. Uh, so where did, where did the phrase hit you? Okay. The phrase, hit me um, because it was the theme. So I started doing like, what am I trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. You know, so I talk about backwards planning too. Like what's my end state? I want people to have a more positive mindset. Okay. How do they do it? Well, they do this, this, and this, or what, what type of attributes or assets do they need to be able to create this mindset? So then it was kind of like, okay, my theme is having a positive mindset and getting assets to help you have that. Ooh, the asset mindset. 
So it's something that just kind of came from working on the theme of the book or the goal of the book or the intent, or like you're saying, the punchline. So like I've had other people now ask me like, hey, how do you get started? You know, people that want to write or feel drawn to become an author. They're like, how do you do it? You know, a lot of people say, just sit down and start writing. Yes and no. I tell them, what is your goal that you want to write about? You know, and then this is how I did it. What I learned from studying about writing is you get your theme. So my theme was positivity and reaching goals and success through having the asset mindset. So then I was like, okay, what do you do when you have the asset mindset? You overcome obstacles, you put yourself in positive environments. So I tell people like, find your theme, then write the bullets down, which would, your bullets can turn into chapters or whatever. And obviously during the editing process, it's gonna, you know, change and move a little left, move a little right to the front of the book, back of the book, whatever. But once you have those bullet points, then now you free write. If you just free write from the beginning, which you can do it, it's a technique. It's just not a technique I prefer because let me tell you, editing a book is not easy when you're like, <laughs> this paragraph goes here. This is a story I want to go in this chapter or well, which chapter should go first. Or If you just free write and now that stuff is everywhere and you have, you know, my book is over 47,000 words. You know, you have 47,000 words you just wrote down. Now try and organize that. It gets a lot more <laughs> difficult. So if you can have some form of agenda or structure based off your theme of your book or that subject or the message that you want to give your readers and then your bullet points to support that and make those your chapter and free write in the chapters because it's a lot easier to rearrange a chapter than it is to try and rearrange a whole book, which you're still going to do as anybody does when you edit your book. But it just makes it, I think, you know, that little bit of time up front saves you a lot of time later on. What was your biggest obstacle to completing your book? <laughs> All right. Get ready to laugh. And some of your other people, you know, listeners on this are going to laugh. I can't type. That was my <laughs> oh. biggest obstacle. I'm, uh, I got four fingers about I type with, you know, and my thumbs. I, I will hit the space bar with my thumb. Oh, wow. So like, yeah. So it was <laughs> when I talk about determination and discipline, like, I am a man that cannot type on a computer and I wrote a book and I'm an author. So like you can make stuff happen. It, it took me probably a lot longer than it would have taken some people, but you know what? I had my goal and I just kept working towards it. You know, and like I tell people by using my book, you know, Hey, if you write a page a day in 365 days, one year, you're going to have a 365 page book. That's a good sized book. You know, now you're going to edit it and do whatever. The editing, I was shocked is that was the second biggest obstacle because like you figure, oh, once you got it down, but going back through changing, correcting things, rephrasing, make it flow a little better. So, yeah, I had 47,000, you know, words, but then you read them over again and you rearrange them and oh, now I got to read them over again. So like I've reread my book. I couldn't even tell you how many times, you know, so if you read a 200 page book, plan on in a sense, reading like 20,000 pages, <laughs> you're going to go over and over and over and over again. Sweet. So. And then hopefully it takes long enough to print it that you're not sick of it when it's time to go talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why you want to write about something you believe in. That's where I feel blessed too, is like, I wholeheartedly believe this, live it and uh, do my best in it so it doesn't get old. Like it's a lifestyle, you know? We even talk and joke about that in the special forces community. Like, you know, being special forces isn't something you just do once. Like it's a lifestyle, you live that way, you know? So that's kind of where I'm at with the asset mindset. So I could talk to you guys forever or anybody else. Like it, it doesn't bother me, especially when it's positive, you know, conversation where we're helping people or we're creating change and, you know, having good effects in the world. Yeah. Special forces doesn't seem like it's one thing you take out your clipboard and you're like, Oh yeah, check that one off. Okay. Next. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> yeah. Well, I have to say, you know, not that I've talked to a ton of special forces folks, but um the conversation you have is, I mean, you, when you, you look at all the movies you've seen on special forces, you look, you know, fiction and 
you don't generally expect to sit down with a guy like you and have this kind of conversation from the picture that comes up as a special forces guy. So you give, <clears throat> number one, you give, you give the special forces another boon because people don't realize it, but you guys are human too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not, not the machines we read about in the, in the book, although I think there's probably a couple of those out there too. So. Oh yeah. And I, I gotta say like, there is in a sense that like there, you know, how I talked about meditation or we talked about meditation mm -hmm. going to different levels. Mm -hmm. When you are in a war situation that you're almost in a meditative state, like you, they, they talk about it as like flip the switch or like game on. Like here, I'm getting goosebumps now. Group flow, yeah. But like, you're you're such in the moment, and that's what a lot of people say about meditation. Is like, hey, you want to be in the moment, the power of now, you know, all that being in the present. When you're at war, or you're in a situation where you could die at any second, you're kind of living in the moment. So you know, we do in a sense that machine or robot robot that you mentioned. I mean, there's I can see some of that. But that's not it. That's not all of it. That's just one aspect. You know, that's one spoke in the tire or the wheel of being Special Forces Green Beret or, you know, Special Operations Navy SEAL or something like that. Like, so there is that, hey, we have that machine aspect, but that's not what makes us all up. And that is, I think, what movies and, you know, the media and things like to present that and don't realize that there's so much deeper and so much things behind that. Yeah, if you had um, yeah, if you'd given me your bio, and and everything, and then and then said, oh, by the way, in this podcast, you're going to talk love gardening and free range chickens. I wouldn't have believed <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, yeah. yeah, especially you. There's a there are a lot of books coming out and a lot of coaching coming out by. You buy former military now. It used to be that if you saw a book in the library, you know, from former from former military, it was probably an autobiography or a war memoir or a or a war history. Strategy uh, but, book or something. yeah, uh, but you know, we're seeing this from you, and of course, Goggins and Jocko are the other big names out there right now. But yep. there are. Uh, you know, there are lots of others doing it too. Uh, and, and those guys, their public persona also comes off as very strict and hard. Do it anyway. Uh, it doesn't matter. I did this with a broken shin. You can do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so it, it's really refreshing to be like, Hey, remember that, that like we're the, we're the rest of a person too. <laughs> we're, we're not yeah. just that machine. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's one of the things, the first um, feedback I got from my um, editor was like, cause she, she works for the Green Beret Foundation. She's helped many other um, authors, um, you know, from the special operations community. And she goes, your book is like nothing I've read from any of the other special forces, you mm -hmm. know, soldiers that I've worked with because it wasn't just a memoir. It wasn't something to just tell my story. My book is about the reader's story. You know, my book is about, yeah, I'm going to share things from my life, but those are examples to support you in your journey, your mindset, you achieving greatness. I think what gets lost with some of the other um, special forces or special operations community and uh, is that, like you were saying, like, oh, just suck it up and drive on, you know, embrace the suck and yeah, we do that. But you know what? Not everybody's built that same or has had all that, right. that development that we've been through and the training. And, you know, how did we get that? You know, they, they say, how do you make steel harder? You forge it by fire. You know, like some people haven't had those exposures yet. So what I'm trying to do in my book is to take civilians or even vets. Like I just had a vet that um, read it and sent me a review last night. that was unbelievable. You know, he's buying it for everybody in his business because he wants everybody to read it now, which is amazing. But uh, getting back to, you know, it can still help veterans, but civilians 
or people that haven't had those um, hardening moments and haven't been forged by fire, I want them to learn that you can do it, that you can have the asset mindset. You can have a special forces perspective, even though you're not special forces. These are things that you can grow and develop. You may not be at that same level, you know, like, hey, I can learn to play a guitar. I'm never going to be Jimi Hendrix. But you know what? I might be able to play some of his songs, you know, like, so I can do things like the reader. You can do stuff and achieve things. So that's what I want people to get from my book. And that's what I think makes my book a little different is I'm not writing to just beat my chest and be like, I was a Green Beret. And, you know, I did this, this and whatever. You know, it is written to the reader. It is written for the reader. It's written for people to grow and develop a positive mindset so that they can obtain their goals, achieve what they feel is success in life. They can have happiness, you know, and they own their life. This book came out as we're recording about four months ago. Uh, what have you learned about yourself and and what have you what have you started thinking about for your future uh, since you know you know the, this this book is out there now uh yeah but uh it's out there which which means it it's done uh it, is there something next yet yeah that's a great question uh i've well, there's multiple parts there so i'll start off like what have i learned about myself um, I learned that it's a little uncomfortable putting yourself there, out there, you know, like in the special forces, we have a thing that we say, Hey, quiet professionals. So I, you know, never was one to like, Hey, look at me. And I've had to embrace that. Like putting my book out there, doing stuff like this, talking, like I have no problem one-on-one -on -one or in front of a bunch of students or, you know, when I'm training other military, being up on a podium, talking to people, but, you know, I didn't have Facebook before. I didn't have Instagram. Now I'm on Facebook. Now I'm on Instagram. You know, I'm doing this social media stuff. And I never did that before. You know, and there's always going to be the people that are going to say this or say that. And whatever, that's that's their business. And that's their own in their life. And they can focus on what they want. Um, I've just learned from myself the biggest change is, wow, I'm, I'm out there now. And I get to embrace it. And you know what? There was uh, something that really helped me and gravitated to me is like, don't be afraid to shine your own light because that will give other people the encouragement. Like I've always had confidence within myself, but I didn't want to um, be like, Hey, look at me and look what I can do, or I can teach you this or that and be showy. You know, and I had um, a friend of mine go, stop being so humble. Like you've done some great things in life. You've accomplished stuff. You know, that's not being conceited or caught. you're just helping others. So by you being, the light out there or being a positive person, it can help build up other people or give them the confidence. So now I've taken on that role. So that's something that's new for me. Like I was never like, Hey, I'm going to be the light to shine on all this. Well, I've kind of taken on that role more now. Um, so that was the first part of your question as far as how have I changed? And then what was the second part again? Is, is there a something next yet? Are you looking forward to a, a new project yet? Yes, there are um, some things being talked about in the works. Okay. Um, you know, there is another book that's been discussed a little. Um, there's been some thoughts and journaling done down on it. Um, I'll give a little sneak, I guess, is um, the theme I think is going to be the asset mindset. The struggle is real. Um, I don't have a timeline, don't have any dates. It's in its infancy. But from working and talking to people like, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's great. You have this positive mindset. But no, I still have to work on it. Everybody has to work on it. It's not something like, oh, you're going to read this book and now, voila, all your problems are gone. You know, it'll give you the tools to tackle these problems and obstacles in your life. But the struggle's real for all of us. Every day we got to get up and we got to face something. You know, I got back from, you know, California working with some special guys out in California I get back from the airport and my truck battery's dead. You know what I mean? Because I live in New England. It's freezing cold. It was sub-zero temperatures. The battery froze because it was sitting so long in the windshield or whatever. And my, you know, it's stunk. I traveled all day flying from San Diego all the way across the country 
get back. It's late at night. I get out to my truck and the battery's dead. You know, so the struggle is real. How do you stay positive? You know what? You just do the best you can. How do I fix it? Well, there was a phone nearby where someone would come and call and service the parking lot there. They jumped my truck. I didn't turn it off all the way home. Got home, <laughs> bought another battery, put it in the next day. You know, you just, how do I fix it? So, you know, you don't sit there and whine and complain. You know, you, you embrace where you're at. And then how do you make it better? So, but yeah, so there is the talk of another book. There's also a talk workbook. And then um, absolutely, you know, the coaching and speaking events. Um, I'm in talks right now about giving a, 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 like a speaking event and doing something, you know, similar to, obviously I'm not at Jocko's level yet, but maybe someday I can be halfway there or whatever, or who knows? We don't, we don't know what the world has in store for us. We just keep pushing forward. Maybe yeah, it'll, forward. We're it'll blossom into something that big. So well, we shall see, but Speaking events, um, another book at some point. That that's that's all in the future. More podcasts too. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you would hope to talk about that we haven't gotten to at this point? Um, actually, this has been a great conversation. Um, I'm enjoying your uh, podcast immensely. Uh, it's been very free flowing. Uh, great questions. So there's nothing um, in particular. That I think we've missed because we've hit, um, you know, the theme of my book, what it's about, um, what we are, I think, all trying to accomplish here with positivity and make the world a better place and to help people, you know, in the crazy times that we're living in right now. A lot of people are down and out. Um, I think realizing that they can be empowered to make their life better, you know, that that's important and we're doing it. So, no, I feel uh, very good, you know. Great. So book is at the assetmindset.com where else do you hang out on online where can people find you um, i'm on instagram the asset mindset uh, you can find my book on you know amazon.com barnesandnoble.com if you go to my website under books um, you'll see it there there you know you can get a kindle version you can get it with the nook book um, so there's also some blogs on there some writings of different stuff there's reviews of my book on there so if anybody's interested they can read some reviews that are there or re read the reviews that are on Amazon great well thank you so much for being here it's great to be here thanks for having me all right have a wonderful I look forward to um, hearing from you guys again soon sometime sure thing take care take care show notes and more at jkwdpodcast.com don't forget to subscribe leave a review and share with your friends and we will see you next week bye a better humanhood production